brought back the clapping. We used to clap on every song years back, but I think our hands, you couldn't feel your hands anymore, so we, we cut back on that. But uh, well, it's, it's always great to see everybody here in the house of the Lord, and what an honor and a privilege it is to be called by God and to be in his house and to be of presence of mind to know our Creator. And this morning is our, um, we have a traditional Thanksgiving service, and it really kind of uh, sets off this season where we have a, our culture really has a season of gratitude and then celebration. It's a season of celebration as we prepare our hearts for the birth of Christ in Advent. And so this kind of launches it, and it's an opportunity for us as a body of Christ to stand before our brothers and sisters whom God has called us as a family together, and just to give a word of testimony, perhaps, of what he's done in our hearts or our lives, and to express our gratitude. And we do this, um, and I know it's hard to, uh, it's not an easy thing to do to get up here and give a testimony and to speak. Uh, It can be a fearful experience. Um, But I think it's important for us to create a culture of gratitude within our own church family, we want, to, um, we want that to be something that flows from our hearts. We want to give opportunities to do that. And be, in order to make that happen, sometimes we have to be disciplined and specific and say, here's the time where we're going to do this. But we really want to do create a, a culture of gratitude where it's very natural for us to express our thanks to the Lord. And Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything... By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And a lot of times, that, those verses, you, uh, the peace part gets um, a lot of the emphasis or the anxiety part. But right in there is that you are not to be anxious about anything, but in everything, with thanksgiving. So that gives us an idea of the kind of people that God wants us to be. Even through hard times, through suffering, through dismal times, through sad times, there is always something for a child of God to be grateful for. God is always at work. Uh, He he never sleeps or slumbers. So I'm excited to hear about um, the words that God has laid on your hearts, some of your hearts this morning to share with us. And... Um, every word you have to say is important, so please be sure to adjust the mic as you need to and speak into the mic because we want to hear every word of it so that God will use you to edify us. Uh, so what we're going to do is I'm going to open this time for those that have volunteered to give a testimony, and I usually just go in the order that people volunteer. Uh, Madison was very fortunate and eager, and so she's first on the list. And then Floyd and Millie will share, and Janet Lurzer, and then Diana Abernathy has uh, some words to share with us as well. So I'm going to leave it to you guys. And uh, Madison, if you'd come up. Well, thank you, Pastor Paul. It was actually helpful to sing a song as a family together because I think it helped calm my nerves a little bit. And even if this doesn't go well, I think that went well. So you can feel good about that. Um, So reflecting over the last year, um, I wouldn't say thankfulness was a strong suit for me. It was definitely an area I struggled in um, because I was walking through a season that was just full of trials and suffering. And um, I felt um, led to speak because I feel like a lot of people in this church body have gone through a season of hard times over the last year. So, um, probably some of the hardest seasons of my life, which I don't think I can look on my past and say, oh, there hasn't been any hard times, but... Definitely the last year. So, um, I kind of exactly what Pastor Paul was saying. In my suffering, 
I knew I was supposed to be grateful to God, but I didn't know what that looked like or how to do that. And um, over my past, I really felt like I could look and see God's faithfulness through every season of my life. But for whatever reason, this season, it was hard for me to see God's faithfulness. And I think it was because I had this disconnect. Um, I really felt like um, God's faithfulness was dependent on the outcome of my circumstances. So my circumstances ended up in my version of what was good and happy and great, then God was faithful. Um, So I had subconsciously tied those two things together. Um, And I got to this realization where could I look at my present in my suffering and still say God is good? And I think that was a question that was asked We did a women's gratefulness retreat. Um, And anyway, could I look at my my current situation and say God is good? And I really struggled to do that. And it it was because I felt like if X, Y, Z didn't happen exactly the way I had imagined it in my head, then God wasn't good. It's that simple. And um, so one of the biggest hurdles for me was understanding why God allows suffering to happen. Like I'm someone who's very inquisitive. I like logical explanations. um, And God wasn't answering the question why. So I was shouting out to God, why would you let these things happen? Why does this happen to me? How could this be part of your good plan? And in that crying out, he really, God reminded me of the story of Job, of course. And um, in Job's crying out and accusing God, God's response to him was simply, where were you when I made all the earth? Where were you when I did all these things? How could you possibly understand? And that's exactly what I was doing. I was pointing at God and saying, how could this fit into your good picture for my life? Um, So if you've heard me speak before, I have to relate it to rocks in some way. Um, And the best analogy for me in understanding this concept for my life, which was one God had given me before, but just kind of deepened it in a new way for me, was um, the Grand Canyon. When you stand over the Grand Canyon, you can, like, look in all directions, and it's huge. It goes on beyond what you can see. And in some places, it's, like, a mile deep. So it's just, it seems so vast and so complicated. Um, And uh, several years ago, I was blessed with the opportunity to spend a week rafting down the Grand Canyon. And so I spent very little time at the top. I was just instantly at the bottom of the canyon. And my first impression was, this feels so small. I was expecting to be able to be at the bottom of the Grand Canyon and see the grandness of it, but you, you can't. When you're in the bottom of the Grand Canyon, all you see is the cliff that's right in front of you. You don't see how far it goes or the big setbacks. You don't even see that you're a mile deep in the ground. You just see the 100-foot cliff that's right in front of you. Um, And sometimes when you go around bends, you can see how big the canyon is. But usually you don't. You just see the wall that's right in front of you. And that's what I was doing in my life. I was seeing this wall, feeling that it was ridiculous, and not understanding how it fit into the grand picture. And God was saying to me, where were you when I made the grandness of the Grand Canyon of your life? Um, There's no way for you to possibly understand how this fits into the big picture of my goodness and faithfulness.
So, my suffering taught me a few things. And first, I've already said, um, he helped, God helped correct that lie that I was believing. And um, that God's goodness is not dependent on my perception of the outcome of my circumstances. God's goodness is constant, whether whatever's going on in my life, that's a certain constant is his goodness. And because God has deepened my understanding of that, I've been able to rest in his goodness and trust in him. And um, it's been peaceful for me to be able to say, God is good. No matter what's going on in my life, I can trust that God is good. And lastly, one of the major things that taught me is how to have a heavenly perspective. So, oh my goodness. I was trying to talk about gratitude. So I realized I really couldn't be grateful to God for my circumstances because I was believing lies about his character and his goodness. I had a misperception that gratitude was a happy feeling, that I had to feel happy and excited to be grateful. And that's just not true. For me, gratitude came through great weeping. And today I'm able to say, thank you, God. (sighs) For using the suffering in my life to teach me more about your goodness and correct those lies that I had been believing. And so one of the best, the most impactful Bible verses to me during this time was Psalms 90, 14. And satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. I found that in the morning, if I fully got satisfaction in Christ, then it didn't matter what my day looked like. That I could be grateful for his provision every morning. So, thank you. Thank you, Madison. I got, I got some pointers out of that. <clears throat> I've chosen uh, to think about the things that I've been thankful for in my life, I've been blessed with in my life. And um, <clears throat> I don't need this, but I need this. So, I've entitled my thoughts as thankful for blessings. And, uh, and I, I'm so thankful that God has blessed me and, and uh, I praise his name for it. First thing I, th- I thought about was that I was born in a Christian home. Very grateful for that. Very grateful for being born in a Christian home and, and taught the ways of the Lord. I accepted Christ at the age of, of uh, 14, which is <laughs> calculated 76 years ago. <laughs> you know, I believe it's that long, but it's been a great life. I've I failed in many ways. 
I haven't been true to God all the time. But the beauty of it is that he's with me all the time. And I'm thankful for that. He watches over me and he cares for me. And he pulls me back. Knocks at my heart. Says, hey, what are you, what are you doing here? And uh, gets me back on track again and forgives me. When I repent, I need to repent for the error of my way. And, um, and, take, and it t- takes me right back in again. And, and, and when uh, I, I look at uh, today at my baptism, when I was baptized, God baptized me into a path to be an ambassador for him. And I, I never thought about that so much to, in my recent years here. That I'm an ambassador for Jesus Christ. I'm going to be a witness for him. Go into the world. Preach. Not necessarily, I'm not a preacher, but uh, I have time getting my thoughts together. But anyways, to, to live a life. To live a life. And then uh, I'm grateful for my family. I've been blessed with... with um, Four beautiful children, and uh, now I have several grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And, and he's blessed me in many ways in, in my health. Uh, as I gave my testimony here a couple of weeks ago of uh, hurting my foot, and um, God healed it almost instantly. And I have not had no trouble with it since. And uh, uh, we have in Isaiah 53, 5, that by his stripes we are healed. And Jesus is our healer. He's the one that I look to for, for healing. But he was wounded for our, our Transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Uh, two weeks ago, yesterday, there were 12 people in my place, and I placed and cut firewood up for me. And I, I, I'm so grateful for that, so grateful for that. There's, there's 12 helpers, and, and, and I, 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 could see, I could see the smile, the love in their heart that they had for me. I, I could just see that. It just shone out in their faces. It was beautiful. And I, I, I'm thankful for the Lord for that, and thankful for each one of you for being there, and those who probably sacrificed for, to, so you could be there. And uh, I just praise the Lord. The last thing I want to mention is <laughs> nine days ago, I was driving down the road and I felt myself getting sleepy and I thought, I've got to pull off. Whoop, whoop here. I've got I to pull off. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little sleepy. And before that happened, I fell asleep. And hit a light, light pole and knocked it off and ruined my car. And uh, I crawled out of the car, fine. Power wires all around me, and I just got underneath them and got away. And uh, I, didn't even, I didn't even have to call the police because it was right in front of the courthouse. <laughs> And they were, they were out, they were, they were suddenly without electricity. Come on, sir, what's going on? And uh, so they, they wanted me to, um, they wanted me to go and have checkup and so forth. And I said, what for? I was feeling great. I'm still feeling great. And uh, I just, I just see God in so many ways blessing me. I'm so grateful for it. God took care of me. I could have been hurt seriously. If you see, see that car, it's messed up. And uh, I had very sore in here for, for a couple of days. So it's sore just to the touch. It hurt. 
But that's, that's nine days. It's gone. I, I just praise the Lord. I had brothers that, that uh, prayed for me right after it happened. And uh, it's just great how God is with us and blesses us. God is a great healer. I claim him as my, as, as my, my great, great healer. And um, uh, I, I'm just, you know, I, I, uh, I guess I learned a number of years ago already that the first place to go to when something goes wrong is to go to the Lord. And many times I said, now like this one happened just nine days ago, I said, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? I, I, I really believe God allows these things to happen, as Madison pointed out, to teach us something. He, he wants, God wants to, wants to uh, train me and prepare me for glory. He, he doesn't have me here just for the fun of it. He has me here for a purpose. So what is that purpose? And each one of us, each one of us here this morning, we're here for a purpose. What's that purpose? We need to keep looking to God for, to, to find out what that's all about. And Matthew 6, 30, I'd like to uh, read a couple of verses here. Matthew 6, 30. Uh, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or, what, or wherewithal shall we be cleansed, clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth, what, knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first, first, the kingdom of God and the king and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, take no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the th- things of itself. Sufficient unto the day are the evil thereof, is the evil thereof. And I, I, I'm just so grateful for, for what God has done, and I, and I just encourage you all to just rely on Jesus Christ, because he's the one that will never leave you astray. And he'll never go back on a promise that he's made to you. I've seen that all through my life. I haven't been always so energetic about it, but, uh, but uh, I still saw that. And I'm appreciating it more the older I get. get it. And uh, so pray for me. And I, I, I uh, according to some people, I'll, I'll probably lose my driver's license through this, but I don't know. And uh, it'll be a kind of a pill to be without driver's license, but that's the way it is. That's the way it is. God has a purpose in that. So may the Lord bless each one. Well, each time we prepare for, you know, coming to get share, I never, I never know what he's going to say, so he, it's all new to me, too, <laughs> what he's telling you. So anyway, it was really great to hear his testimony this morning. I, I am really grateful to God for his saving and keeping power. Growing old is not easy. <laughs> uh, when you're young, you feel like you can do anything. When you get older, things become more of a challenge to us. And, uh, but God enables us to do what we need to do. Um, our God said he would never leave us nor forsake us, and I'm so thankful for that. You know, just like he said, oftentimes I was, I was saved uh, back about 18 or 19, and I can say my life has not been perfect. And uh, a lot of things I did I know was not pleasing. Though I had to repent many times through my life. And, but, you know, God was faithful. He was with me. And, uh, you know, I often ask the Lord, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me because we can easily be deceived. The enemy is always trying to deceive us uh, and let us think, oh, you're, you're doing fine, you know, and all this. But we need to know what God says to us, not what 
anybody else thinks about, but God knows us better than anybody knows us. Praise his name. So I was saved in the Nazarene church, like I said, uh, and the Lord spoke to me. It's now or never. And, you know, that's a scary thing when you hear from God. I mean, you know it's God. It's, it's no, no doubt to your mind about it. And, uh, but anyway, I walked with the Lord in the, all that I understood because I think for years I walked in religion because that's all I knew. I was raised in religion. My parents were just religious people. So you go a lot of time by what your parents are. You, you, they say more is caught than taught. So the Lord had to begin to teach me what was real Christianity, what was real life in him. And I thank him. <laughs> and it's been quite a journey. Uh, but a few years later, the Lord baptized me in the Holy Spirit, evidence of speaking in tongues. And that language God, Jesus gave to me. And I often pray in that language, sometimes just kind of quietly in my spirit, praying in that language, because sometimes we don't know what to pray for. We get in certain situations that we just don't know what to do or what to say. But I, I thank God for that. I, God is faithful. I am so thankful for the word of God and for the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the way, Jesus is the, way the truth, and the life. Praise his name. The Holy Spirit leads us into all truths. And that's something I search for truth. It, it's always important to me. Even if I go on the internet and I search out different things, I want to know what the truth is. And you might have to do some searching there, whether it's about health or whether it's about anything about life or even what's going on in the economy, you know. Uh, sometimes you, you just don't know what is the truth. We know God's word is true, don't we? If nothing else is true. And we have an enemy that fights us very hard, wants to destroy us, wants to distract us from God and from his ways and what, he, what God wants for us. But we know that uh, God is faithful to us. He's always with us. Uh, we, uh, Floyd and I will have our devotions every morning and every evening. Sometimes I need them. Praying and I fall asleep, <laughs> but anyway, God knows. But anyway, I feel like that it's been so important to help to help us to be stable in life. You know, having that that regular time to come to the Lord and read His Word and praise it's so been so helpful. And like I said, when you go through things, you know God is there. You know what His Word says. God, uh, Floyd and I know what God has promised to us, the power that God has given us. Though our bodies may be weaker, we are building on the rock and walking in the authority that God has given us. We cannot let fear grip us. I know there's times that I watch something and I say, oh, it gets kind of makes me got a nervous inside and I get a little worried. I said, no, I can't, I, can't, I can't stay there because I know that God is in control of things. So if we were, we uh, find out what God's word said about us, about, about life, then and we know what he's done. So many things, if you read his word, there's so many things that God has done for, for Israel or for this person or that. But if he did it for them, he can do it for us. And that's the great thing about reading his word. And, and I do want to hunger and thirst more after his word because there's so much in the word that can, can really help us to be even more stable in our lives. And, and I, I, I don't want to feel like I'm... Uh, what would I say, uh, can't have stability in my life, you know? But with Jesus, you can. And I, I thank God for the scripture that says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he not said it, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken it, and will he not make it good? So whatever God says in his word, I want to believe. 
I want to believe what it says and, and put it personally for myself. I know a lot of times I talk about uh, health because I really feel like health is so important. Just like I want a healthy spiritual body, I want a healthy physical body so that I can do the things that God you know, wants me to do, and I, I do want his will. So I do search a lot about what God's word says about that. Uh, God's word says in Psalms 109:14, herbs for the service of man. The herbs were for the service of man. There's a scripture that I couldn't find, but I uh, that says uh, food is your medicine and medicine is your food. I couldn't find it, but anyway, it's there somewhere. And then Ezekiel said the leaf thereof for medicine. So there's many things that we can do for our health uh, besides having to depend on medicines. And uh, I thank God I'm on no medication. Don't want to be on none. We don't even have Medicare D <laughs> in, in our medical. We just we just have just A and B. But anyway, so we we really want to go out strong for the Lord. That that's so important to go out strong for the Lord and love Him and show others the love of God because God. I love that song about. Uh, that we sing this morning, uh, the goodness of God. It, it, it's always blessed my heart because God is really good. He is really good to us all. And he's, he's been with Floyd and I for been 11 years in January. It's been a great marriage because God is in it. <laughs> That's the only reason why. And uh, because we want to follow God's word, and it makes, he makes a difference. He really does. Praise his name. Oh, one thing I want, I, I just, this really resonated to me when I was, trying to prepare with Psalms 140, 145. The Psalms are so good. I think the Psalms kind of help you to see relationship with Jesus. You know, because David had a good relationship. And you, as you read these Psalms, it's like, you know, he really knew his Savior. It's, uh, the title is God Unsearchable Greatness. I will extol my God, O King. I will bless the name for thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another. And shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of the, thy terrible acts. And I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness. And shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. So to anger and of great mercy. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. They that speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power. To make known the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. The Lord upholdeth all that fall, and riseth up all those that be bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thy hand, and satisfy the desire of everything, every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is, the Lord is nigh unto all them that, are, that call upon him and all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked will he destroy. 
My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. And that means so be it. <laughs> praise the Lord. There's one, there's one thing I missed that, that someone asked me about this morning, and that is how are we traveling around? Well, believe it or not, I lost a car. The accident happened at 2 o'clock Friday afternoon. And by 2 o'clock Saturday, God had provided us a car. Oh, I never expected it. We, we, we went away uh, that, that weekend, had planned ahead of time, and, uh, and somebody found out about it, and they called and said, well, they know where's a car we can go look at. Well, I guess we'll go look at it. Here was a lady, had, a lady, 84 years old, had, had this car, bought it new, a, two, a 2009, only 36,000 miles on it. And, and, and I thought the price was below what it was worth. But that's what they asked for, Christian, Christian family. So God provides in so many ways. The Lord bless. And there were no banks open. <laughs> and so uh, my daughter had to get some money another way. So praise the Lord. It all, all worked out. I made it. Thank you, guys. Um, if I didn't say anything, I don't think anything else needs to be said. The worship service this morning was beautiful. The song was beautiful that the Gilmores gave us. Madison, I appreciate your testimony. And Floyd and Billy, I'm surprised you guys weren't first. Because usually I think you're the first ones that go to Paula and say, <laughs> and, I, and that's convicting to me and a part of the reason why I'm up here. Um, I don't know if many of you know, but I have a dog. I th didn't think I'd ever be that person that might want to stay home from church because my dog was sick. I can't believe that's me. But my dog, I don't know if you know, that the Puritans say, and the Bible kind of agrees with this, that dogs don't have souls. I've talked to some of you about this. Well, I've made videos about my dog and her soul. <laughs> so I say, oh, Lily, I'm sorry, my dog's name is Lily. I didn't name the dog. <laughs> I said, Lily, look at your soul. What have you done to it? It looks terrible. It's such a mess. <laughs> so she, and then she's got another soul that looks a lot better than this. So we, we have a lot of fun with the dog. <laughs> And I thank God for Lily, for my doggie. She's brought me a lot of joy and teaches me that, reminds me I have to take care of my soul. Um, Madison, speaking to your Grand Canyon view, we saw the Grand Canyon this year from the opposite view. And when we walked out to Mather Point, instead of looking down, which I expected to look that mile deep down and, and see all that, we walked out and it was filled with, it was, the sun was bright, it was shining, and it was filled with clouds, with white clouds in layers down through that. And it was just, you know, to put it as a British word, I, it was gobsmacked. I was gobsmacked. It was just beautiful. And that was, that's the view from the top. And I do... And it's hard for us because we don't always get the view from the top. We get the view from the top through the word. And that I'm thankful for the word through uh, <laughs> 44 years ago, this time of year, was when um, after a spiral down that went from probably nine years old, <laughs> even before, Living in Providence, Rhode Island, 
with my seven-year-old son, divorced in the era of hide your ears, kids, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and trying to find peace in that way, and not, needless to say, finding peace in that way. This time of year, I was in invited and taken to a Bible study by somebody that really didn't know God at all. But, and there at that Bible study, I heard this. God is not behind you, pushing you. He's in front of you, calling you to himself. And I said to myself, is that true? If that's true, I'd like to know more about this God. I didn't even have a Bible. In, I don't know, during that era in Providence, Rhode Island, <laughs> it was wide open. The early stages of the LGBTQ, a lot of my friends were LGBTQ. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was just, oh, I had a friend who was a Satanist. <laughs> I had a friend who, there was, it was wide open, let's just put it that way. I was hearing a lot. And I was, even though I didn't, I was seeking a lot. I wanted to know the truth. I, I, I didn't, I felt bad, but I didn't just want to feel better. I wanted, I just believed there was a truth out there. And it was, and this was in the midst of so, and I think it's nothing new under the sun. Let's just say what we're going through today is not new. It has been, it's been going on since Adam and Eve. <laughs> So anyway, when I, when I said, well, if that's true, I, I want to know more. And so I asked for a Bible before I came back home. My son had already come back home. It was just before Thanksgiving. It was this time of year. Could have, and on my train ride home to, to come back for Thanksgiving myself, leaving Rhode Island because of a lot of reasons, um, the Bible that somebody had given me, I began to read it, and God just opened it up, especially Isaiah. <laughs> I still, I, I, you would think, well, who would read Isaiah? How would Isaiah? But Isaiah 40, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith the Lord. I needed to hear that. And then Isaiah 43, this is what the Lord says. I have redeemed your Israel. You are, I have called you by name. You are mine. Do not be afraid. I didn't, I'm kind of like the guy in the chariot <laughs> that, uh, um, was it Philip, going to Ethiopia. I go, what does this mean? <laughs> what does that even mean? And so through those three weeks between Advent and Christmas Eve, I went to the Christmas Eve, sir. I was, I was still reading the Bible. I'm searching. I'm, is this true? I read, I was reading the Bible. I read, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Really? So even though I had become, when I was a little girl, I went to a little local church in Cumberland, Virginia, a couple of counties over, and I had become unmoored from things I'd heard there. We, we went sporadically. My family was a mess. There was a lot going on. You know, my mother was divorced. There was alcoholism. There was abuse. It's a lot. But I did go to that church some, and I memorized Psalm 23 there. I memorized Psalm 100 there. I memorized the Lord's Prayer there. And one Sunday, the preacher, Truman Trimble, that was his real name, Truman Trimble. <laughs> what a great name for a preacher. <laughs> anyway, one Sunday, he went to John. I, I, I even remember the Gospel of John, but I know that's where he spoke from. And he said, next Sunday, he talked about Jesus. He said, next Sunday, we're going to have a baptism. And they come to the altar and they sprinkle. But he said, I want you to go home and think about this. And if you believe, I, think, I don't even know what he said there, but come back next Sunday if you want to be baptized. Well, I, I went home and thought about it, and I came back and got baptized. But I remember that was because I had heard about Jesus and his love. Okay, so because my life was such a disaster, I, just com I was completely unmoored for that, unmoored from that. No, no part of that. I never remembered I even knew Psalm 23 
or Psalm 100, or the Lord's Prayer for that matter. So during this period, I call it my Advent period when the Lord came to me, um, all of a sudden that began to, I began to remember that. That it was there. It's part of the reason why Miss Pat and I want. I, it's one of my passions for Sunday school is that they, you, that you, that you embed scripture in your children, because it's different. It's not like other books, and you never know what seeds are there. And it, you, I hope they never come unmoored from it. But if they do come unmoored from it, you can trust that the word is there. And it will bear fruit because God promises us in Isaiah again that the word son will bear fruit. So I just, so all of this, and there's a Christmas Eve service. I went to the little Presbyterian church. It's funny, God used a lot of churches for me. (laughs) It was the Episcopal church where I heard the Bible study. It's a Presbyterian church where the Christmas Eve service, I'm sitting there and I'm hearing these hymns about Jesus coming to the earth, and I just knew the truth. And I went home that night. I went to my sisters. I wasn't even in a situation to live by myself, but I went to my sisters. And that was when I became a believer. And when I woke up the next morning, Christmas morning, I knew, I knew that I had stepped into eternity. It, I knew it, the world was different. It wasn't just, I, I was dead the day before, and I was alive Christmas Day. So when Pastor Paul, (laughs) every year he's going to ask you, do you want to give a testimony? And for the first Sunday, no. The second Sunday, no. The third Sunday, he didn't ask. So a little sigh of relief, he's found enough people. Do any of, does this resonate with anybody else? <laughs> so then he had the nerve to send an email. <laughs> so God says to me, really, Janet? Really? You don't have anything? Nothing? Nothing you can get up. So I I texted you right away and said, okay. (laughs) But there's a lot I have to be thankful. Don't get me wrong. But I've got a wonderful husband. I've had a wonderful trip out west this year. I've got wonderful kids who pray for they're not saved, but they love me. And they're good kids. They need Jesus. I'm praying that the words soaked in their lives will come back. And I've spent a lot of times, there have been years of my life where the first thing that happened when I got on my knees was weeping to pray. All I could do was weep. The lament is real. <laughs> so I just, I just when, 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 when I texted him, I said, I, need, I just need to do this. I don't know what, what you've got, but I need to do it. And that's why I'm here. I want to just say that the joy that came into my life on that Christmas day has stayed. Now, not always, <laughs> you know, not always. And like Madison so wisely said, joy in the Lord isn't always happiness. Or being grateful doesn't always look like happiness. But we, for me, and right now I'm in that little, even with all the good things that I'm in that little season where there's a lot of grief, is I'm, I still grieve for my children. I grieve if they're not saved. I grieve for my grandchildren, as many of you do. And yet, God is good. <laughs> God is good. And I trust him. And he gave me this picture years ago of sunflowers, and, um, and I, it, it, it's been very helpful to me in getting the picture. It's kind of like that Grand Canyon, the upper view. But when you look at a sunflower, when you look at that middle section of seeds, they look kind of dark and icky. 
And it's only when you, if you were to take a picture and you zoom in and that's all you see, you will say, well, that's not, that's not pretty. And yet when you pull out, you get the whole picture. God gave me that picture when I asked him once when I was weeping for my kids. God, don't you look at the world ever and weep? Don't you weep when you see what's going on? And that's the picture he gave me is this sunflower picture. And he said, yes, it looks bad. <laughs> it looks bad. It's that wall. It's, all you see is that wall. But if you pull out from my view, the whole sunflower comes into view, not just the seeds. And isn't it interesting that even those ugly seeds are what's producing more and more sunflowers. So anyway, that's a beautiful thing. And I just want to thank him for that. I want to thank him for his love. I want to thank him that he's delivered me from the domain of darkness and transferred me to the kingdom of his son whom he loves. And I want to thank him that Isaiah 46 says, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is in her midst and she will not fall. He will help her at break of day or at dawn, or when morning comes, or whenever it is, but early. So thank you so much. A cautionary tale, don't tell God what you're not going to do. Uh, we had a dinner meeting Thursday night, and to say that I confessed that I didn't ask God, should I speak, uh, would make me appear more godly than I actually am. It wasn't a confession. It was just a bold statement that I didn't want to. I wasn't going to ask him because I didn't want him to tell me that I had to. Um, so we just left that meeting that night, and then Saturday morning, while I was minding my own business, not asking him anything uh, he told me <laughs> to uh, share so um, in preparation uh, Advent will start um, soon but I was doing a three-week study on thankfulness and you would have thought I might have put that together but I did not um, so this is what I was looking at Saturday morning in Matthew 15 it says um, after commanding the crowd to sit down on the ground he took the seven loaves and fish and gave thanks and broke them and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied. They collected the leftover pieces, seven large baskets full. And I thought, Jesus gives thanks, and then he gives it all away. Like, God makes more of it, and then he gives it away. I thought, well, okay. And then we read, read uh, Luke 10. In that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father or who the Father is except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. I thought, well, Jesus rejoices in the Holy Spirit, and he gives thanks to the Father, and with thanksgiving comes revelation of who the Father is, who, the Je who Jesus really is, who the Holy Spirit is, and how they all relate to each other. Then in John 11, it says, So Jesus then told them plainly, Lazarus has died. I'm glad for you that I wasn't there so that you may believe, but let's go to him. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb, it was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Remove the stone, Jesus said. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, there is already a stench, because he has been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, Didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they removed the stone, and then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that the crowd standing here, um, that you always hear me, but because of the crowd standing here, I said this so that they may believe you sent me. And after he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, which I wondered why he had to shout at Lazarus. But um, the dead man came out bound hand and foot with linen strips and with his face wrapped 
and a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unwrap him and let him go. And as I thought about this, I thought, well, Jesus gives thanks because the Father hears him. Jesus himself is not uncertain about the Father hearing him. But for our benefit alone, he wants us to know that God always hears. Then in Luke 22, it said he took a cup. And after giving thanks, he said, take this and share it among yourselves. And he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And at the last supper, supper, he gave the thanks and he broke the bread and poured out the wine, the body and the blood. He teaches us what it means to share sacrificially. So in these four examples, Christ's giving of thanks is a thankful heart, is a satisfied heart. And um, with an attitude of thankfulness, God will often reveal more of himself to us, uh, more than we are able to see clearly. Reflecting with a thankful heart helps us to have faith and believe that he will continue to be steadfast, as he has in the past. Thankfulness, following Christ's example, will invite us to share sacrificially. So, it is with a thankful heart um, and a full heart that I share with you all God's most recent kindness to me, specifically, but really for our whole family. When I entered my senior year of high school, in the fall of 82, I was pregnant. And though the circumstances surrounding that pregnancy um, were not ideal, I, um, I was excited. And I, it was my heart's desire to have this child and to parent this little one, this gift that God allowed me to conceive. But as weeks passed, I became aware that God was calling me to a depth of sacrifice I could hardly imagine. He called me to place my child, my son, for adoption. And though the decision to obey God in this was excruciatingly painful, I said yes. And I, I truly had peace, a peace that passes all understanding, abnormally so for someone so young. He was born in March of 1983. And within six months of this difficult time and decision, I met the man who was to be my husband two years later. And you won't know my husband for very long without learning that he loves children and he loves family. And so from time to time, I struggled with God and the call he placed on me to keep, surrender my son. Um, I mean, after all, he knew who I would meet and when and what would be the result of that. And it just seemed so unfair. Um, so, at various times, I had greater levels of acceptance of this, and then every so often, if you've known me for very long, I would struggle and then lay it down and then struggle and lay it down. It was easier after I had my girls, um, but still at times difficult. So it, it's been a journey, but I do want to share with you a picture so we weren't at church last weekend because we were having our family Thanksgiving. And this young man in the front with a little girl dressed like a doctor is my son, Joshua Paul. And this is the first time my whole family has been together ever. And it's, it's just so sweet and good and it, feel so undeserving to for God's kindness in his way to me and his mother has been so precious and so kind um, and good that um, she is not threatened by him calling me mom also so rejoice with me in this 
but there is still much to um, the story because he doesn't love Jesus yet. 